Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life, or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger Podcast. I am so excited to bring you this episode because of the sheer number of requests I have gotten from you guys to have Sivan on the podcast. It has been an influx of DMs from you guys. I've seen it in your reviews requesting for her to come on the podcast. And so I'm really excited that I was able to interview her. Of course, if you're not familiar with Sivan, she is a content creator and an entrepreneur. She is the founder of Lux Unfiltered and Tan Lines. And I think she is just such a strong example of a very smart creator who leveraged her audience in a very organic and authentic way to launch brands that were in complete alignment with her. She is a case study of an influencer who's essentially done everything right and has continued to evolve and knows how to respond to her audience. So, you know, if you are someone who is interested in how to be a creator the journey of being a creator, because I think Sivan's example is incredible because we kind of see someone like her and assume that, oh, wow, yeah, she just made it. But the fact of the matter is she was at it for a long time before she gained the kind of traction that she has gained. And so it's it's just a really good case study of how to continuously respond to what you're seeing, being really intuitive, being very connected to your audience and um, how to successfully start brands from there. She is an absolute firecracker and so, so smart. And I'm so excited to bring you this conversation. Before we dive in, however, this week's hot tip, you guys. So obviously I shopped the Sephora sale and let me tell you, I found the most incredible blush. I wear this thing and I get compliments over and over and over again. It's the Patrick Ta blush. And it's essentially this cream and powder duo and you layer them. And oh my God, the like rosy glow it gives you. It's 
flawless. Nish was even in the car with me and he's like, Sif, your makeup looks unbelievable. So if you haven't tried this blush, this is 100% your chance to do that or your sign to do that rather. This week's review comes to us from marcy.c15. And she says, this is the type of podcast I've been waiting for. Sif covers a range of topics with experts in their respective fields. And yet it feels like the type of conversation I would be having with a friend. It feels real and natural. Can't wait for what's to come. Thank you so much, Marcy. I really, really appreciate this review. And guys, if you have a couple of minutes and want to support the show, please take the time to rate and review it. All you have to do is open up the Apple podcast app, scroll down to the bottom where it says rate and review the show in the rating section. If you feel like I've deserved it, please leave me a five-star rating. And in the review section, tell me anything you want me to hear. Okay. Bear your soul to me. I want to know what you're loving, favorite topics, favorite guests, guests you want to see. I'm very responsive to exactly what you guys are asking for, and it helps me tailor my interviews. So I really appreciate any feedback. All right. With that, let's welcome Sivan to the Dream Bigger podcast. So I want to know how you even got started as a creator, because I actually found your content in 2020. And okay. I feel like you were thriving then. Okay. I'm, I thought you were going to say like 29 or 2009 and I was about to be really embarrassed. <laughs> Wait, was it 2009 when you started? Because yeah. then you're OG. Yeah, no, I started a long time ago, but I had no following then. So I'm sure like no, like five people probably saw it, but it's like <laughs> embarrassing. I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad like no one really caught on till 2015-ish. So I did it for like for fun, just like as a side hustle. I used to work in wholesale in downtown. So uh-huh. I came from a very conventional background of like working in fashion, working in retail, made my way into wholesale. And I had my blog as a creative outlet. So it was truly just a hobby. I didn't do it for money or like anything beyond that. And so I truly enjoyed it so much that at one point, it was around my wedding 2015, I started gaining a little bit of momentum. And my husband was like, I feel like now is the time to start taking this seriously if you want to give it a shot. Otherwise, like, what are we doing? Mm Because he was helping me with the content and whatnot. And he was kind of like one leg in, one leg out, like either do it or like, let's be done with this. So that's essentially how I went and how I started. Like, I want to zoom in on that because a lot of people see a creator like yourself and now you're an entrepreneur and you've had a ton of success in like what you do. Right. And I think people have this misconception that like one day out of the blue, you know, it's just like you're just overnight big success. Like you were working at it like, I guess, quietly almost for years. It was truly like for nobody, like for myself, I should say. So I did it like as a passion project. I loved creating. I loved having the creative freedom. I loved having something that was mine. And it wasn't on Instagram. I was on a blog like a Mm -hmm. www.com. And then when Instagram came along, that's kind of when I started to gain momentum. I didn't really go into it like strategically. I didn't have a plan. I just kind of threw up whatever I felt and people slowly caught on and slowly started seeing like my wedding was a big hot thing for me. And at time I grew a lot and then I started to travel more and I was young. I mean, I was 27 ish. Mm -hmm. So around that time, I was like newly married. I bought my first starter home. I didn't have kids yet. I was starting to get invited to influencer events. So my life started to become a little bit more exciting. And at the time, like that was all still kind of new. It wasn't like today where, you know, we we see it a hundred times a day. It was all new. So people were really engaged and interested. But what people were more interested in was my personal life. They loved the banter between my husband and I. They loved my dogs. They loved the stuff in the background. Like no one was asking me 
not no one, but like no one really cared about my outfits. Like it was more so mm. like, what's like, what's that conversation over there? And what's that pillow in the background? And so I started picking up on that and kind of focusing more on that stuff. And that's why I sort of shifted into lifestyle. And so I started doing cooking and home decor and skin and relationship stuff. And so from there, it evolved to what it is now. And I kind of like focus in more on like the stuff that I do today. But I mean, it took a lot of trial and error. I had to figure out what people really resonated with, like what I was good at. I did a lot of fashion stuff in the beginning and I look back and I'm like, why did I do this? This is not quality and nothing I'm proud of. But I, I had to like try everything before I fully knew like what fit. So it was a lot of that. And also prior to me doing this professionally, I was a content creator for other brands. So I was over there doing what I do now for myself, for other people. Mm -hmm. And I reached a point where I was kind of like, I'm giving all my creative juices to other people. Let me apply this to myself and see what happens. And that was also like a pivotal point for me where I realized I have so much in me for myself because it's my own true identity that it felt very natural and organic. So that was another point where I realized, okay, I need to like disconnect from everything I've got going on and just give this like 100% of my attention which is what I did. And thankfully, it like really worked out for me. So what you're saying here is like very interesting because I think people tend to fixate on having like the perfect thing that they're putting out into the world. Right. Whereas I think you are such a great case study and not just you, like every successful person I've ever spoken to. It's like, yeah. go back and see the shit that they were doing right. and you'll feel real good about yourself yes. because like it shows that that trial and error is just such an important part and parcel of like what you're putting out in the world at the 100%. end of the day. You know, like I was talking to, I don't, I don't remember, like one of my friends and I was talking about the first iteration of our website, which my husband, he's my co-founder too. Yeah. He like threw up and Sivan, like this thing, it was like the jankiest, <laughs> like most embarrassing right. thing. But like you have to. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And then you like iterate and you evolve. Yes. And just like, like with what you're saying, mm -hmm. like you kind of started listening to what your audience was resonating with and kind of going more into that, right. which is so important because right. you're iterating based on feedback. Exactly. Which I think is something that is a huge perk of being an influencer and having this platform is I have like direct contact with my consumer. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm confused about something or if I want to know what people are going to think of a certain category, I I'm so engaging in that way. Like I will put up a little question box and see the response in 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, OK, people either love this or they hate this or I get like such clarity so quick because I have this built in audience. So mm -hmm. it's nice to have that. But yeah, absolutely. So glad that I didn't launch my brands until years, years, years later, because I feel like it would have been like I said about my blog, like embarrassing, kind of like I'm glad no one saw it then. Mm -hmm. And then I refined my skill and my aesthetic and I kind of knew what I liked and what resonated with me personally, what I could con maintain consistency mm -hmm. with. And that's, you know, brings us to now where I feel like I have my entire vibe and aesthetic on lockdown and I could do with my eyes closed. So something I think you've done really incredibly well is like, I think you actually have one of the strongest personal brands that I've, I've seen on the internet. Thank like you. it's like really well done. Like I, I, I almost know what to expect from you. And mm -hmm. I think that's why people trust you so much because they just, they know that right. like you're really fucking picky <laughs> and you share like really to a T what you totally believe right. in. What do you like? How do you think you got there? Because there is obviously so many people in social media today and not everyone has kind of, I would say, like the selling power that mm -hmm. you do. And the reason I throw selling power around is because you actually ended up launching two brands, which means that you have conviction in what you're able to sell. So right. what do you think 
allowed you to get there? Well, I think that I, I say this to like my management team all the time, because one thing that I really pride myself on is not jeopardizing the trust of my followers. I feel they trust me because from day one, I've always been very honest about things. So if I didn't like a product, you probably will never hear me talk about it on Instagram. If I love something, I love to share. And that's kind of the same philosophy I took when starting a brand. I mean, I wasn't going to put anything out that I didn't personally stand behind. that I didn't feel super confident in. And I think that people know that from like the good old days when I started and I would promote brands and products. And it always was something that I genuinely loved. So I never wanted to compromise that. And just maintaining that for, forever pretty much is just so important to me. But for my brands, I think that, you know, you said that people always can recognize that what's coming next and that sort of thing. I feel like that's just so important for branding purposes. You know, like I want people to not necessarily see my name attached to something, but know it's that brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the consistency, which only came so many years down the road, has been really important for my brand. A hundred percent. When I started working for myself as a creator. And then when we moved on to founder Ray and it was literally just Nish and I, we relied so heavily on all things Adobe. And so I am so excited that for this small business month, we've teamed up with Adobe Express to bring you the tips and tricks to use today and elevate your business on brand. So if you're not familiar with Adobe Express, it is such an incredible platform. It provides thousands of free, beautiful templates covering everything you'd need for your small business. And their small business tip of the week is to engage with your customers on multiple channels. So we all know it's important to connect with our customers or audiences regularly across multiple channels to build trust and stay on top of mind. And we all want to do that as efficiently as possible. This is where Adobe Express comes in. Adobe Express has thousands of free templates all in one place for easy editing. Content creation spans social media, flyers, event invitations, newsletters, and so much more to help you reach your audience across any marketing channel. It makes designing content so easy. Seriously, it's made for anyone regardless of skill level, which is why I love it so much because you don't need to hire someone who's super advanced when it comes to design. You can do this yourself. It makes it so easy. All you have to do is choose a template and customize colors and fonts, including applying your own brand look and feel and add photos, including options from Adobe's stock library. One efficient way for your business to maintain brand awareness across Many channels, build an audience, stay relevant, and stand out is social media. Choose from thousands of free templates, upload your photos, or choose from a catalog of stock images and design a post. With one button, convert your content for Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, and more. One design becomes marketing content across multiple platforms in seconds. Then publish and share it across your social presence directly from Adobe Express. Whether you're a career-driven superstar, entrepreneur, small business owner, or running a side hustle, you can all start creating for any marketing channel today free with Adobe Express. Adobe Express is available on all your favorite app stores. You can find more tips and tricks to get started at adobe.com express. I am currently in my wellness era, okay? I signed up at a new gym. I just got my blood work drawn. I am seeing someone for my shockingly low HRV levels, which you can hear more about on my episode with Vanessa Fitzgerald. But point is I am doing all of the wellness things. Okay. And part of that is taking care of my immune system. 
as usual, I'm off traveling again, like I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. And so I want to do all of the things that I can do for my immune system and taking ginger turmeric shots is one of them. Now, listen, I do not have time to make this stuff at home, which is why I have been loving Vive Organics. Vive holds themselves to the highest quality of sustainably sourced, fresh pressed ingredients. Vive is doctor crafted for effectiveness you can trust. It has zero added sugars, zero artificial flavors, zero artificial colors, and Vive never waters down their shots. It's available in a variety of blends for every immune boosting occasion. As I've said, I love the ginger turmeric one. It has a little bit of pineapple juice in it too, so it makes the whole thing a lot more tolerable. To kickstart your journey, use code DREAM for 15% off. And to learn more, visit viveorganic.com. So again, you're going to use code DREAM for 15% off. And I promise you guys, this is truly the best ginger turmeric shot that I have ever had. It is permanently in my fridge. I see Nish stealing them, you know, and that's when you know it's good, although I'm not happy about him stealing them. All right. Enjoy. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the birds with Paya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. What do you think led you to decide that you weren't necessarily going to niche down with your content? Because this is obviously like, you know, a piece of advice that a lot of creators get. And I think that although I know what content to expect from you mm-hmm. and like, I just, I, again, like I know when I'm seeing content from you, I know it's from you. Right. But at the same time, it's not like you're an Amazon creator. You know, it's not like you're so niche, like you're still sharing your outfits, but like you do it in like a very seamless way. So how have you kind of been able to deliver content that people know is like distinctly yours, but at the same time, not so niche? Does that make sense? Yeah, I've always been kind of cross category. I love to diversify my content Mm because I think for me personally, like I'm very interested in multiple things. So I never wanted to just be like strictly fashion, strictly home decor. I felt like first off, my personality is so all over the place. I have so many interests and passions that my content is kind of an extension of that. So it's been very easy for me to diversify and show different things. But I think overall, the aesthetic thing has just been a work in progress that people now know, like when I throw an event, it's going to be, you know, a certain vibe or when I'm wearing an outfit, it's usually a neutral one. And I've, I loved throwing people off last year. I started wearing color and I was like, this is a huge movement online. People are like, what is happening to you? Is it San Diego? Like, what's going on? But I feel like it's just the consistency of the aesthetic has been has allowed me to diversify because I can apply that organically towards everything I do. So it doesn't it's not like stage or fake or forced. Like, I feel like I always tell people this with the aesthetic stuff. Like, if it feels forced or fake, don't do it because it's not going to have the longevity that you, you think it's going to have. Sure, it looks great online and people will respond well to it. But if it's not you, then it's not going to feel sustainable for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. So for me, when, once I felt I found my aesthetic, everything clicked into place like events, outfits, my brand, the way I presented things online everything just kind of happened naturally and fell into place. And it's just been easy for me. So I feel like 
when I share content, it's no longer even strategic. It's just like, oh, well, this moment was cute. Let me share it. Mm -hmm. And it's not really a planned thing. So I don't know. I think once you just find like your vibe, I think it's very easy to create the content in any category. What made you decide to launch Lux Unfiltered? Because, I mean, you had talked about like how you loved kind of feeling tan and all of that. And it just seemed like a very consistent extension of who you already are. Yeah. So I essentially wanted to launch both brands because I wanted to create longevity in my career. I felt like I didn't see myself being an Instagram blogger, whatever we want to call this for the rest of my life. It just didn't seem like something that I could foresee myself being at 50 years old. And I mean, more power to people that do that, but I just not for me. So the longevity was a huge factor. But then also, like, I felt there was a need to create this product Mm -hmm. because I was editing myself to look tan. And I kept thinking to myself, like, well, I wish there was something I could use to make me look like this. And obviously, as a blogger, I've tried everything. And I never liked anything. So I just essentially took everything I disliked about everything that existed and then went to town making my perfect dream product. And that's kind of where the idea stemmed. From there, we've evolved a lot into luxury body care and other categories that we're launching this year. And I'm so excited to see like where the, where the brand is going because it's grown so much in the last two years. We're actually, I think we're headed on to three years. But it's just been it's been amazing to watch and evolve with the brand as I grow as well. And like my interests and my priorities shift. My husband is, by the way, a big fan of your body lotion. Like he uses it all the time. No way. Yeah. So we caught it in the so I had your tanning lotion, but we got the body cream in the create and cultivate bag last year. The gift bag. Right. yeah, Yeah. And he has been obsessed oh my god I love that like it's always missing he steals it that's amazing a lot of men actually use our stuff I love when people tell me that because my, my husband barely uses it I'm like hello <laughs> <laughs> like have you seen your pasty self <laughs> like so yeah I'm I don't know dead. oh yeah. my god that's so funny I know. so did you launch that and tan lines like you yeah. launched them together No. So they launched the same year, I believe, 2019. Yeah, because I was like, what the hell is this girl doing? She has one and then like a second one popped up out of the blue. (laughs) So essentially what gave me the confidence to do it is I had done a collaboration with another brand and we it was my first collaboration in apparel. And so when we launched, we sold out in like seven minutes or something. Are you fucking kidding me? No. And I was like, whoa, I had no idea what to expect. It was shocking to all of us. I mean, it was obviously incredible. But that's when I truly knew I had selling power. And so from that moment, I was like, OK, I think it's time to like start working towards something bigger. And at the time, I didn't have like a big following on Instagram. I was I want to say like in the 100K zone, which, you know, it's it's a substantial following, but it wasn't enough for me to feel like, oh, yeah, like this is worthy of making a brand out of. So my husband was like, it's going to take us a long time. Like you got to like start now. So we started doing this. It took about a year to get the domain name and everything set up and find a manufacturer and have an idea and a concept and the brand and the vision and the visuals. And, you know, thank God I did that because I felt like I launched it and then that was kind of like the start of all the influencer brands. And I was like, oh, thank God he pushed me to do this because I didn't want to be like the last one and feel left behind. Just how people now feel like, oh, well, it's too late to become an influencer because it's so saturated. I kind of had the same feeling of relief, like, okay, I'm glad I did it when I did it. And also like not to talk shit on myself, but sometimes I feel like I'm losing like relevance here on the Internet because (laughs) I don't care like to share as much, you know. 
So I just I don't want people to depend on me so much for my brands to thrive. So I'm just so glad that I did it when I did it. I feel like people were paying attention. I actually really like that you say that because I think that ensuring you're building a brand that can survive without you constantly having to like be there as the face is actually a big sigh of fucking relief, you know, because you know that you it's not dependent on you and you're kind of building a legacy that lives kind of beyond you outside of you. Yeah, that was exactly like our entire thought process behind Lux Unfiltered versus Tanline. So Lux Unfiltered, my name isn't attached to it. It's not me personally. While I'm the one creating it and branding it and making all the creative decisions, it's not me. Tan Lions has my name attached to it. It's an extension of my personal style, my interests at the time. Like I literally will be like one day, I think we should make dresses and we'll we'll make dresses. But then next year I might not. And then, you know, that's just like the lifespan of that's the lifeline of Tan Lions. For Lux Unfiltered, it's very different. It has its very own identity. So I feel like that makes me feel like I've done the right thing with that. Tan Lions, a little bit more codependent. How are you managing both? Because like speaking from experience, it's really fucking hard running one brand. And like, I like I would compare like if I am to compare like one of yours, I would probably say Lux Unfiltered is like closest to right because there is like an R&D process, which is like, you know, it's going on your body, you know, and so you want to make sure that you have your ducks in a row. I'm sure like also making sure you're constantly producing things that are like interesting and like relevant is also super, super important. How are you doing both? Because that's very, very tough. (laughs) It's definitely hard. Thankfully, we've built out a team that kind of can bounce between the two. So I always like make this joke that's probably like fucked up that I have like multiple personalities because I bounce between (laughs) Lux Unfiltered and Tan Lines and my life on Instagram and my life as a mom like multiple times a day and a week. And I have this skill where I can jump between both. And we do feel like while the brand's aesthetically kind of go together they're they are very different and so thankfully my team can do the same mm-hmm. so it's like we go back and forth between focusing on lux and filter launches and then we jump to a tan lines launch and we just kind of have this like ping pong where we're back and forth between the two and it always ends up that like the timing of it always lines up so we're crazy 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 like photo shoots launches promo marketing and then then we have like a lull Mm -hmm. so we have these like highs and then we have these like quiet times and I feel like that's like the quiet times when we recharge and we have like our creative brainstorms and I get to be a normal person again but we also thrive on the chaos we thrive when it's like weeks and weeks of photo shoots and travel and I mean I just love it I feel like it really fuels me and gives me purpose so I enjoy that a lot of people are always like how do you do it all because obviously you throw in the kids and the husband and my personal life, which is pretty much non-existent, it's it's hard. It's hard to bounce between the two. But I feel like because I don't know anything different, I launch them at similar times. I don't know what it's even like to just have one. I feel like I probably would have a huge weight of relief if I only had one. But at this point, I feel like I love having like the chaos of both. How are you able to manage that and having two kids? One is like fairly fresh. <laughs> Yes, you know, it's yes. like a brand new kid. <laughs> yeah, well, he's two and a half and then I have a four and a half year old, which sounds like young. But honestly, there are such good, fun ages that yeah. I feel like when they were babies, like before one years old, I was like so nervous to leave them all day and I would work for out of the house. So I was just always checking in on them and I, I felt like I couldn't go for like a full work day. And now at this point, I can do a nine to five. No big deal. My kids are like living their best lives. So I obviously have a nanny. It's like not a secret. I feel like any person that works has some sort of childcare. So yeah, and there should it shouldn't be a secret because no. I think that otherwise, 
I don't know, like people put a lot of pressure on themselves and see something on social media and they're like, well, fuck, like they're doing it and they're doing it all alone. Right. And I'm like, no, no, uh, uh-uh. a hundred percent. I love when people are transparent about that because especially for like other business owners that have kids, like I love to know that. I love when totally. people can just be like, yeah, our nanny came with us on the trip. This is how we managed a vacation and go out to drink and sleep. in. like, I want to know because sometimes it's like, how are you just neglecting your kids or are you just hiding it? Like what's what's going on there? So for me, I've always been open and honest because I just feel like there's nothing to be ashamed of and it's real life. And if I want to work and like work on these brands and continue to grow and create content, like I have to have help Mm -hmm. point blank. So the team has been incredible. It's taken us years to obviously grow. We're still small. We're like eight or nine people. But I feel like finding people that I can trust has been such a process and it's taken us a couple of years. But now I finally feel like I've got a solid team that helps. So I don't feel like I have to be there every single day and I can create designated days to do content, to have my mom days. And on the weekends, it's obviously like I'm full mom duty. I barely even post on Instagram. I'm so focused on the kids. And I feel like that's when I recharge and I feel I get the quality time with them. Mm -hmm. I also have to say that I don't know how parents do this full time, like just stay at home moms, like the amount of energy it takes out of you. I would go nuts. Like I need adult conversation and I need to stimulate my brain and I need to have something of my own. When I'm with my kids over the weekend, like I love them to death. It's like, obviously the joy of my life, my priority. But by the time Monday rolls around, I'm so happy to go to work. I'm like, so I, <laughs> I think that it's this sort of conversation that makes you so relatable because you say the thing a lot of other people are fucking yeah. thinking and yet people maybe Terrified don't say online. Yeah. But maybe they're telling their friends no. or they feel bad about it. I, I mean, <laughs> the conversations I've had with other people, I feel like it's pretty like standard to feel this way. Like even like the moms that choose to be home, like they're they love it. They live for it. They they're made for it. It's exhausting. And like no matter what, like how well behaved your kid is or whatever you want to say, it's it's draining. It is so, so draining. So I very much look forward to my Monday morning, me- my meetings, getting dressed, putting a little makeup on, feeling like an adult again. I just feel like I'm like, it's like almost like a hangover after being with kids for so long. So for me, like I need to have this. So having a, a nanny I trust has been amazing. Like I feel so good going to work, knowing my kids are in great hands or enjoying their se- themselves. On days where she's sick and I'm with the kids, I'm like, oh, they're poor. They're, these poor things are stuck with me. Like <laughs> their friend is gone. <laughs> yeah. Like they, I'm sure they prefer to spend time with her because she has all this energy to go do things. Meanwhile, I'm like juggling my emails and trying to post still because like <laughs> Monday through Friday, I feel like I have to work. So it's really hard to do on days. I don't have help. I absolutely don't know how people do it. I have to say I grew up with nannies yeah. and I think I turned out great and I have yes. an awesome relationship with my parents. And yeah. honestly, I think it saved their relationship, too. And 100%. not to say that you you can't if that's like what you want to do. Right. But at the same time, like I know that my parents really wanted time for themselves and to be adults and like you know, do things with their friends yes. and like just adult shit that 100%. they didn't want to be with their kids kids like 24 seven, you know what I mean? So like, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's not something that people should be quiet about or like it's, there's like nothing to it, you know, because I was having this conversation on a, on a podcast the other day. And I was like, you know, if we look anthropologically, child rearing was like a tribal activity and it wasn't just the mom's job to do everything. Mm -hmm. And I like, it's all changed now. And it's like all supposed to be the mom. Right. How? No, no, no. 
I went into having kids with a very different mindset than like anything I was ever accustomed to. Like growing up, my mom, she had us three. My parents were married when she had the kids. But like she was very much like the mom, like took all the role, all the responsibility. She was very hands on. Never had a nanny. I don't I don't think I even had a babysitter in my life. Like really like did everything. Kudos to your mom. I know. Damn girl. I know. And so like the idea of me having a nanny to her at first was like, what are you doing? I even had a night nurse and she was like, what? You're going to have a stranger? And I was like, yeah, I value my sleep. I want my mental health to be good. I need to recover. I need to be a sane person for my husband, for my baby, for my business. Like I had to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people dismiss all that and they think like, oh, well, I'm less of a mom or even the breastfeeding thing. I'm like, no, it didn't work out for me. And it was stressing me out and making me a miserable person. In turn, like you're going to make your kid feel that energy. And I'm a big believer of like feeding the energy. I agree. I can't. I didn't want to do that to my baby. I didn't want to do it to myself. I didn't want to take it out on my husband. So all around, like I did everything different than my upbringing and people surrounding me. And I feel I'm such a happier person because of it. I took care of myself. I feel my husband and I were in it together. We tag teamed everything. And we don't say we do 50-50. We say 100-100. Like we're in it together the whole entire way. Yeah, Yeah, because it's like the 50-50 thing still doesn't work for me. And and him like we if we're going to be stuck in the playroom on the weekend because it's raining, like we're sitting there together. It's not like you do 20 minutes. I do 20 minutes. It's like we're all in there. And that makes it feel a lot more manageable. It feels like you're not so isolated and alone. I think a lot of people don't talk about how isolating it feels having a kid, which is such a strange like hormonal mixed with like mental things that go on after pregnant after birth and Thankfully, I have a partner who's so supportive and hands on and like doesn't fully get it, obviously, but like he hears me and like saw me and was there for me. So we did everything together from the beginning. And that's kind of been our approach since. So if I'm going down, you're going down with me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So yesterday I was talking to Nish and we were just discussing how cold winters were when we were in Toronto and when we've spent time in New York and how much time we used to spend indoors. Obviously, I'm a little bit luckier with the weather here in California, but at the same time on a rainy day like today, there is, you know, little opportunity for me to be out and about all day long. And that got me thinking about the stats on the amount of time Americans spend indoors. It's actually kind of crazy. 90% of the time to be precise. Okay. And here is what is even more unbelievable. According to the EPA, indoor air can be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, a hundred times more polluted. Airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. This is why it's so, so important to have a really high quality air purifier. I actually didn't understand the importance of this until last year when I was in Toronto and our apartment, I don't know, like there was something in the air and it it led to a lot of allergies. And as soon as I got the air doctor air purifier, it helped everything. And that was on account of a recommendation from you guys. So air doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens. So your lungs don't have to air doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. Allergens can vary in size, but the average pollen size is about 25 microns. Air doctor virtually removes hundred percent of particles as small as 
0.003 microns in size. Air Doctor has an insane offer for you guys. First, they have a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't like the product, you can just send it back for a refund minus shipping. And for the code that they have, head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code DREAMBIGGER. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off, okay? So you are saving 40% off. You should lock this special offer in by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use code DREAMBIGGER. We all know how important vitamin D is for our overall health. Okay. So you, if you've heard any of my episodes with wellness practitioners, naturopathic doctors, literally anyone in the space, the one thing that they'll tell you is like vitamin D is one of the most important supplements that we can take. And a high quality one is super, super important. So I have personally been loving the Symbiotica D3 K2 formula. It's a liposomal blend. So you just put it onto your tongue. It tastes really good. You do 12 pumps. That's what I do. And it's the dose of vitamin D3 that you would need a full dose. And also it tastes really, really good. Okay. So I am a fan of Symbiotica's products because they are high quality. It is a liposomal blend, which is quite like very bioavailable for your body, especially when it comes to specific things like vitamin C, vitamin D3. I love their longevity mushrooms blend, and it's just a really, really clean formulation. So in case you're not familiar, Symbiotica is a health supplement company designing sophisticated formulations that are scientifically proven to increase vitality and longevity by filling nutritional gaps that result from our modern day diet. I actually had their founder, Sherveen, on the podcast, and he was a wealth of information. And you can just hear the kind of dedication he has to helping people with longevity, with vitality, and feeling like the best versions of themselves. They use the highest quality bioavailable ingredients and the most advanced delivery systems. Their vitamin D3 K2 CoQ10 is a synergistic formula that promotes a balanced mood, supports heart health, and boosts overall immunity. It contains the highest quality plant-based materials that are compatible with the human body and essential for activating over 3,000 genes associated with longevity. So I cannot stress the importance of vitamin D3 enough. And the fact that their formula has K2 and CoQ10 is also incredible. If you are unsure of what supplements to take, you should take their online quiz to find out the best supplements for your specific health goals. They have, of course, a code for you guys. And so you're going to use the code DREAMBIGGER on symbiotica.com for 15% off site-wide or create your own custom bundle and get up to 45% off. And you guys, the 45% off applies on top of whatever custom bundle discount you have on the site. So this is like really the most incredible deal. I won't lie. I will be using my own discount because it's such a good one and I use their product. So you're going to want to redeem this for sure. Enjoy. How do you batch your time? Like, do you have certain days that you're designating more so for content and brands? Do you split up the brand days? Like, do you split up creative days? Because as a mom, I know that we have a lot of listeners who may be either new moms or like thinking of having kids. And right. I know that this is a like a question that comes up often, which is that, you know, working moms like yourself, how are you doing it? And like, how are you kind of splitting your time up? 
So I always say that I am really good at prioritizing things and sticking to that. I do batch my time, but it's hard because my schedule is constantly changing. So I'm not, no weeks, no two weeks will ever look alike. But I do have designated days. I do office work. So I'm, you know, with the team, I'm not really filming a lot. We're planning and strategizing and doing all that stuff behind the scenes. And then I have my content days where I typically like to do these on days where my kids are out of the house because otherwise it's like not going to happen. But I need the house to myself. And I just have like a very unplanned natural day. I'll go like clean my house. I'll cook something. And all while I'm doing this, I'm recording, I'm filming, I'm taking my audience along with me. I'll take a workout class. I might do a makeup tutorial. I might go clean out my closet. It's just wherever the day takes me, that's like my content day. So Mm -hmm. unless it's a specific partnership that I absolutely have to film, I don't really plan my content. So then I have those days, which I kind of just have to squeeze in whenever I can. And then I have my mom days. So the days that I'm with my kids and I'm very much like in mom mode and I typically don't film that much those days either. But my kids are also at a fun age where like they almost take over my content and people love it. So I'm so happy because I'm like, great, I get a little bit of a break. I I get sick of seeing myself. I get sick of taking photos and like talking and hearing my voice. So sometimes I love when my kids are just like showing up for me and like doing it for me. So all about that. But that's kind of how I divide my time up. It's the only way I don't have a day where I'm like doing all three because it's just my brain is like going to go on like overload. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, But um, if I just divide up my days, I'll focus on each thing that needs my attention at that time. Do you ever get like hate online or like mean trolls? Yes. All the time. How do you deal with that? Because I feel like you just bring a lot of humor into it. Yeah, I pretty much I feel like it's kind of almost in my thing over the years. A lot of people ask me like when I go on podcasts, like talk to us about this. I don't give a fuck attitude. And it's like it's not something that's a thing. It's just like my attitude towards anything outside opinion is ultimately all it is. I have just always possessed a confidence in my choices. And I've never really cared what other people think. Like even if it's someone that I truly like even my mom, my mom disagrees with a lot of what I do. But at the end of the day, like she'll respect my choices and she'll know that I'm making the right choice for myself. And I feel like I don't have to explain myself. I just never felt that I needed to. And I kind of possess that even in high school when a lot of people were like questioning my choices or what I would wear. Something so simple and superficial as like what I'm wearing. I would be like, why do I have to explain myself to you? It's not your problem. It's Mm -hmm. not your body. It's not your clothes. So I feel like I've just carried that as into like my adulthood. And I've obviously like changed my attitude towards things. I feel like I'm not defensive. It's just more so that I don't feel like I need to justify anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you are showing parenting styles or an outfit or a recipe, people can get so nasty. And I'm just like, well, good thing I'm not forcing you to buy that or make (laughs) that or eat that or, you know, like it's just so weird to me. And also I'm like, I've never gone online and like publicly been like, Ew. Like, if anything. No, but can you imagine, though, the state of mind that one must be in to, no. like, just do that? Like, no. I, I, when it happens, I'm like you. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Yeah. And I just feel really bad. I feel bad for those people. And it's like, I, I think about that. And that's why I've, I've stopped, like, sometimes I used to clap back and, like, it would just be, like, to be funny. And I feel bad because it just, it goes nowhere. It's not like you have nothing to gain out of this. And it's not going to, like like they're not going to come back and be like I'm so sorry you're yeah. right you know like it's just never going to go anywhere good so I just have stopped but when it's like a big thing where like I see like an influx of comments sometimes I feel like okay I've been like misunderstood and I, sometimes I want to explain mm-hmm. and sometimes I really get like stuck on things where I'm like just hear me out for a second like like understand where I'm coming from but mm-hmm. 
the internet is a weird place these days. Like, I don't know what has shifted or changed, but I'm just kind of like, I have like a little bit of like a, like a distance from what I used to do because I'm, I'm with you. I think that we've entered this like weird era where people are so fucking sensitive. So sensitive. And people get very triggered if someone perhaps shares an opinion that is different than theirs. Mm -hmm. And it is crazy. So crazy. And people say whatever they want. It's Mm -hmm. like there's, I don't know, like I'm with you. I don't know like when that shift, or I I guess I do know. I think like it's been in the last like two-ish years where it's just gotten like really nasty. Really bad. And cancel culture is like alive and well and thriving. You know, I have a really strong opinion on cancel culture because I feel like in so many words, like cancel culture is like telling someone to go kill themselves. Like, what do you want them to do? You want them to cease to exist? Like if this is a business or like, you know, I just don't I just don't believe in it. I feel like it's so toxic and harmful. It's horrible. And also, I wonder, like, what do you think you as like the the judge and jury are going to get out of like canceling someone? right? Right. Like, what's the end goal here? Is it for you to teach someone something? Because someone isn't going to learn anything Mm -hmm. if you don't do it with kindness, right? right? Like, it's like just basic human psychology, right? Like, you don't like what someone did. Why don't you explain it in a nice way? Like, do we just assume that someone is like a bad person and like the best way to get to them is cancel? Like, like, what is the point? I know. Exactly. I feel like it's just, it's, it's gone too far and everyone's just so quick to jump on these things and like, quote unquote, cancel. And I'm like, what do you actually want the outcome of that to be? So it's not productive. Yeah, it's really not productive. And I think that it stops people from having healthy discourse. Mm -hmm. And it like it it kind of puts everyone in the bubble of what they do believe in and like being so like one track in that way. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've gotten to the place where we're so sensitive that we can't have conversations with people who are different. It's crazy. I know. I feel the same way. It's kind of like. The last year, I'd say, since moving to San Diego, like I obviously have evolved so much since I started my career as an influencer. And I started off, you know, in an apartment, like barely having a dollar to my name. And I've worked my way to this point. It's taken a long ass time. It's not like an overnight thing. I don't have a trust fund. No No one handed me anything. And I feel like I'm really proud of what I've built and created. And these have been goals and aspirations of mine since I was a kid. I always foresaw myself having this family and living this life and I'm so happy that I've managed to, to to build that. But people online are just so quick to judge and so quick to be nasty. And I mean, I hate to say it. I feel like it stems from jealousy. But the people, some people that have been following me for a long time since the beginning want me to stay in the same place I've it's been. It's like people change. They evolve. And that's yeah. actually like healthy, right. you know, like right. you can't be the same person for like an eternity, no, you know? No, and I started when I was like 24 years old and I'm 35 years old. Like it's been a long time. It's people. been a minute. People. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not like that anymore. So I know it's, it's kind of crazy, but I'm just hopeful that I'm just going to stick to what I'm comfortable with and like what I know and the people that want to be there, great. They'll appreciate it. And the people that take offense, like don't follow me. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's easy. It's you know, it's your choice who you want to follow. It's right. as easy as hitting the unfollow Literally, button. Literally, yes. My favorite are people who announce their departure. I'm unfollowing you. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, okay, bye. Great. Here's the door. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Okay, so pivoting back a little bit, 
I want to ask you if you have any tangible tips around marketing that you can give to any founders, entrepreneurs, or even actually creators, because it's something that you, I would say it's like one of your superpowers. And so what tangible tips can you give us? It's a good question. I think, you know, marketing and branding has sort of been like my strength without me really knowing it. It's Mm -hmm. been something that I've been working towards this entire time without really recognizing it because what I was doing before was so unconventional, like leading up to this point that I don't have like formal training or like a degree in this. So which one doesn't really need, let's be real. Right. I feel like the creativity and like the process is always going to be different for everybody. My creative process is a little bit backwards. Sometimes I like to think of like how I'm going to position a campaign before I even like think of the product or the name or like the copy. And so sometimes like shifting the process around if you're stuck in a rut for marketing, I think is is a really good way to like just throw your mind for a different like for, for a loop basically to figure out like how you can get there. I do all the copy still. And so sometimes like I'm holding up production because I'm like refusing to finalize copy until I know like what is this campaign going to look like? How are we shooting it? Where are we shooting it? What's the vibe? And I feel like just working backwards sometimes is really helpful. And then, of course, like we we love to like partner with people that can bring fresh ideas. So I love working with content creators because sometimes not people that have like these huge followings on Instagram, but just scouring Instagram and finding people with like a fresh take mm-hmm. is so nice because sometimes you see your brand and you're just kind of like on autopilot and you repeat the same stuff. And I feel like having a fresh perspective without making an entirely new hire, let's just say, is nice to bring in somebody and they can create something entirely different than what you would have ever imagined. So I feel like utilizing Instagram, like the content creators that are out there has been amazing for us. And sometimes I'm like, wow, I feel like that inspired me to come up with some of my best campaigns. I love that. Yeah. That's a really, really smart idea. How do you keep your brands constantly relevant? Because I mean, you know, I think year over year, the zeitgeist changes so much. And it really is like a testament to every brand that is able to stay relevant over the long run. You guys are in your third year and you continue to like kind of evolve and stay top of mind. So how do you think you've been able to achieve that? I'd say social media has been big for us. Mm -hmm. I think that because we're a direct to consumer brand, like we're not getting exposure through, you know, these big retailers. We've had to maintain that on our own. And I think that with the help of like strategic partners like influencers and the content creators and doing events and doing these pop-ups like we're trying to constantly give people something to talk about has been really good for us obviously having like me as the voice behind the brand has been really really helpful and valuable for us and I hope that you know one day everything can just exist without me being in the picture completely but I'm just so thankful that people have managed to try the product and it kind of speaks for itself. And then we get all this love on social media and not necessarily from influencers, but just from our customers. They mm-hmm. like word of mouth is so powerful and people have been so loud about the brand. And I'm so happy that people love it enough to like want to post it and they're not getting paid or anything. They're buying you with their own money. But I think when you create something quality, people are going to constantly come back and want to share about it and talk to their friends about it. And So I feel like it's just a combination of like old school tactics mixed with this new social media age where everything needs to be shared online. How did you decide who your first hire would be? Because you are obviously like you're quite creatively brained and like that's where your skill set lies. Like who was your first hire and like where did you decide to fill the gaps in? So my first hire officially was a marketing coordinator. Interesting. Yeah, because I always had all these like grand ideas from photo shoot concepts to PR mailers to gifting to partnerships. And 
I just couldn't execute it all on my own. I was mm-hmm. I was drowning in so many things. And my husband, who is basically in charge of all things legal, financial, fulfillment, you know. So all he's the, the analytical, same as my yes, husband and I. Yes. Literally same dynamic. Yeah, exactly. So like, and he, he used to be an attorney. So he has this like brain. Oh my that God. Can, how lucky to I save know. on legal fees. Exactly. <sighs> but I mean, the way his brain is wired, he can just juggle so much of that stuff. And to him, it's like a piece of cake. Whereas for me, if I'm like juggling multiple things and like the organization of everything is where I was struggling. So we felt like bringing someone who would like understand my vision could help me execute everything. So some and I am so chaotic. I will send her a text in the middle of the night. Be like, I just had this idea I want to do this sundown and I want the bottles to look like this and this is how I want to deliver it. And like she takes the notes and the next day we'll talk about how it's going to happen. But I needed someone to just be there to help me execute everything. So that was our first hire. And since then, she's still with us. She's incredible. She's literally like my my second brain. And I feel like I always tell her, like, we don't even need to like verbally communicate. Like she already knows what I'm thinking. Sometimes we just look at each other and like she gets me. I feel the same way about our head of like like partnerships, influencer, whatever. I'm yeah. like, Alexa, you are my second yes, brain. Like yes. we like sometimes it's just like I'll look at her and she knows what I'm thinking. Exactly. I'm like, how did that happen? Exactly. <laughs> to have someone that like gets you and you can trust is like so amazing. And that's been like the biggest like like the best feeling for me to be able to like live outside of just being doing everything myself for the brand. So that was our first hire. And then after that, we did a brand coordinator, Mm -hmm. someone to help us with like all the e-com stuff, because obviously this is where juggling two brands was starting to become a lot for all of us. So, but yeah, we're still really small. Yeah. Eight to nine people. You said, right. That's crazy for like two brands. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. You should be very proud. Thank you. Thank you. We we had to like ask everyone in the interviews, like, so are you down to like bounce between two brands and like have that capacity in your brain? Everyone loves it because it keeps everything interesting and fresh. So that's that's so, so great. Talk to me about what you would recommend for creators or like maybe new creators or even just a creator who's wanting to level up their content. Like, what are you What do you like? What do you recommend as someone who's a leader in the space? Well, I feel like it's ever forever changing. I know that content like in the video space is being prioritized on all the apps. So I'd say creating valuable, beautiful video content. I cannot subscribe to this like funny thing. Like I'm not a funny actress like making (laughs) TikToks. Like it's just not my personality. I don't get that. I can't speak to that. But for me, like all what I know and what I'm familiar with and what I feel like I personally love to consume as, you know, a consumer is just video content that's like informational or you're like gaining something from versus just like, I don't know, I guess an alpha could be valuable to some people. But for me, like I love to learn stuff. So I feel like educational videos done in a really beautiful way doesn't have to be over the top. doesn't have to be a big production, but I feel like good lighting goes a long way you know, just making sure your environment's like clutter free and whatnot. Like these are the things that I always like focus on when I'm consuming content is like I look around the video, not just like what the video is showing me, but in the background. So lighting, a good pace for things is really important. These are all like specific to video, I'd say. But I love I love watching video content now. Like mm-hmm. I used to be like really like hesitant about getting into it. And I hated the whole TikTok thing and I still don't really do it. But I love watching like good video content. Yeah. And I think just consistency in general, in general, like if you're going to do photos, same same thing, like just like if you're going to take the time to do it, just do it all the way. I love that. That's such a good piece of advice. Yeah. OK, so we have an audience question and the question is, 
how have you structured your whole team? Because you are active as obviously like the founder of two brands. Also, you are a creator. You have a blog still, which you're active on. Yes. And LTK, like how are you doing all of these things? Do you have help on the creation front as well? So for my personal stuff with my like to know it and my blog and stuff, I have a content manager. So she helps me kind of organize all my content. We do a sit down once a month and we talk about everything that I'm going to post on the blog. If I need to shoot any specific photos so that we can accompany it to a blog post or a newsletter. So I've become a lot more strategic over the years with my content, my personal content, I'd say. And so I have someone who's like not on the team. She's a third party. And basically, she just helps me kind of keep everything organized and on track because I have completely lost sight of like (laughs) what I'm posting, how often, like I'll go days sometimes. And she's like, hello, are you alive? (laughs) So I need that. I need that reality check. But that's how I approach like that, that creative stuff. And then for the brand, I still very much run our Instagrams Mm -hmm. because I'm so neurotic and I just feel like I have this vision that cannot be articulated. So the team thinks I'm crazy. They're like, we get it. We can do it. But like, if you want to do it, go do it. So I still run the Instagram. I schedule everything for the brands. It's like probably the most like organized part of like my entire contribution in our business is like our social media. In terms of creative, our marketing team has been built out a little bit more now. So I have two people on the marketing side that help me execute. So I still come up with the creatives and the vision and everything, but they are there to help me execute. So it's been so nice to have other people with their resources and their vision to contribute and expand. And it's very much a collaborative thing at this point. And because we're small, when we have our meetings, we love to kind of get everyone's input on things, even Mm -hmm. if it's creative, if it's a formula question, you know, the whole package has just become a big like group project. I I love that you've like outlined how the whole thing goes, because as someone who has managed to kind of keep up like all of the things that you've been doing on your personal side while also having these two robust businesses, I think it's really interesting that you you have like someone who you work with and you treat it like a publication. Right. Because that's actually what it is. It's not like you can just put up content willy nilly. Like, trust me as a brand founder, I know that like your brand can take up all of your time and like you can go days without, you know, seeing the light of day on social. So, you know, it's necessary. I feel like it's just completely necessary for me to not go ghost on like any one of the platforms or any like between me and the brand and, and blogging and everything. I feel like it's literally impossible to just constantly be creating for all three and not forget one. So I definitely depend on people to help me with that. A hundred percent. Okay. Last question also from the audience. And I'm only asking this because we have a little bit of time, but it's very niche. Okay. Someone asked me to ask you specifically, did cutting out coffee help with your gut health issues? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is probably TMI, but we're just going to go there. Yeah. So I felt that when I cut out coffee, the only thing that I was realizing was that like my regularity in the bathroom was like so much healthier because when I would have coffee, I felt like I was like having really unhealthy bowel movements. Mm-hmm. And then when I stopped drinking coffee and I switched to matcha, I was like suddenly like very healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm very like much about like analyzing that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I also felt like I wasn't as bloated immediately and I didn't experience like the jitters jitters which I was like why did I like live like that for so long and think that was like normal or just part of it on the weekend sometimes I will have a coffee because I feel like when I'm with the kids I just need it but 
I still very much do my matcha Monday through Friday and I love it. And I'll sometimes do multiples a day. and I never feel like bloated or jittery or anything. So I'm super happy with my change. And I think that the only physical change was that I don't feel as bloated. So, I mean, I'd say it was a great, great swap. Okay, a good, a good experiment. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone find you? It's just my name at Sivan Ayla. And then my brands are Lux Unfiltered and Shop Tan Lines. Amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.